Lonely Monk Productions. I don't know if you guys have listened to season one of this podcast yet, but yo, that's my joy. joy. What's good, friends and family, neighbors, near and far? Welcome to the first episode of the second season of the Yo, That's My John podcast. The podcast, website, brand, movement, way of life, dedicated to the embrace and championing of your passions. I am your host, Nate Runkle, a.k.a. Elton John, a.k.a. John Quincy Adams, a.k.a. Little John and the Eastside Boys, a.k.a. John DeMaximoff, star of John Division, a.k.a. Bat John versus Super John, John of Justice, a.k.a. Nate 3.0 here, excitedly, with more sounds spoken to microphones transmitted to your ears. As always, I hope this podcast finds you all in good health and in good spirits. In a short bit, I talk to musician Ben Arnold about his life in music, his solo output, his many side projects, and what is next on the horizon. You, as they say, will not want to miss it. Guys, I missed you. Welcome back. And if this is your first time joining us, and for many of you, I'm sure it is, hey, what's up? I'm Nate. I know I said that already. But I hope you enjoy the show. Welcome. Well, the break was a bit longer than I was planning, but we're back now, and I'm really excited to be able to bring this show to you. The break gave me some time to go back and revisit the first seven episodes, and, well, after I finished hating myself for how my voice sounds and how I'm quite sure it sounds right now, I came away with some things that I loved, some things that I thought needed some work, and, well, some things that I will probably avoid doing in the future. It's called Lessons Learned, folks. So I'm going to start trying some things differently this season. For one, I'm going to do a better job of editing the interviews. I got a little hung up on trying this Gorilla Audio Verite thing where I just sent it out all raw, man, because that's so honest, you know? Yeah, well, there's a time and place for just letting the tape roll, but I also realize I can make the package tighter. Side note, I'm mature now, so I will not giggle at that last statement I just made. Another thing we're going to try, weekly podcasts. That's right, every Monday a new episode. The interview episodes will still drop every other week as they did during season one, but now on the off weeks in between, we're going to have little mini episodes called the podcast. See, I abbreviated it. It's an abbreviated podcast, so it's called the podcast. Mm-hmm. I'm going to use that space to just riff on the behind the scenes of the show and maybe play some music for you. Maybe I'll read some poetry. Maybe I'll read you infinite jest. Who knows? Let's find out together. Point is, I am happy to be back, and I'm happy you're here with me. Stick around, we have a lot of great guests lined up so far this season. I am shocked at some of the people who agreed to lend their time and chat with little old me. Speaking of, my guest today is a songwriter, musician, performer, and producer who has released countless label-supported and independent records throughout the years. An icon on the Philly music scene, he has had his hand not only in his own projects, but also in the collaborative acts Four Way Street, U.S. Rails, and Pistol for Ringo. Most recently, he released the single My America, which American songwriter has said has, quote, a quiet urgency that makes it the modern day flip side of Eve of Destruction, end quote. And as you'll learn in this interview later, Bruce Springsteen has said, quote, I like that America song, end quote. High praise. Folks, it is my pleasure and my honor to welcome to this show, Mr. Ben Arnold. 
here. Um, and it looks like we are recording. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, I'm joined today by the very great Ben Arnold. Ben, thank you for joining me here on the show. Good to be here, my friend. So um, before we get started, I have a very um, odd story to tell you. We actually played an open mic night together um, maybe 10 years, 10 or 11 years ago um, okay. at uh, the Dawson Street Pub. All right. And, well. uh, and uh, as I was leaving, I Just you were two blocks away. I, oh, that's <laughs> awesome. Um, I, you were talking to uh, Russ, um, Russ Einhorn, I think his last name is. Eisenhower. Yeah. So um, I was saying goodbye to Russ. Um, and uh, you had told me that you really liked uh, what I had played and that I sounded great. And I appreciate that. And then you said, you look, you said, you look very familiar. Do I know you from somewhere? And uh, I, I had this weird response that in my head, I was like, oh, you don't know me. I'm not anybody, you know, right. But the way it came out sounded so stupid. I was just like, oh, you don't know me, friend. And then I left. And like, I've replayed that in my head for uh, about uh <laughs> if it makes you feel better, I have a lousy memory. So good, good. I, 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 I do remember. I remember seeing you play. I yeah. do remember. I, I I have some recollection of that. Um, but uh, man, yeah, time flies, right? Ten years ago, wow, dude. It was like I was doing the math in my head. I was like, I don't know. It was like a year or two ago, and then I was like three, four, five. You know, and tick, tick, tick. Yeah, right on. And you're still playing, or? Yeah, every now and again, not as much as I, uh, not as much as I want, and not as much as I used to. But uh, I still get out there, you know. Right on. So, uh, tell me a little bit about um, what a child like uh, Ben was like. Uh, where did you grow up? Like in the area, right? No, I, I grew up in upstate New York, Rochester, New York. Oh, really? Just outside of Rochester, New York. Uh, and uh, I moved to Philadelphia in the summer between eighth and ninth grade, which okay. was a long time ago. <laughs> um, a very long time ago. 40, uh, 43, four years ago, something like that, yeah. Uh, but I moved here between 8th and ninth grade. I uh, I grew up, and my mother was a singer. I um, I grew up uh, dying to learn how to play piano. My brother and sister got piano lessons by the time it got, they were both older than me. And by the, This is kind of an old story. By the time it got around to me, my parents were like, eh, you know, we've been wasting our money with them, so we're not, we're not, we're not doing that. You want to learn how to play piano, there's a piano go learn how to play. And, uh, and I did not, um, I messed around on it a bit, but it wasn't until ninth grade when, uh, I moved to Philadelphia. I came to Philadelphia. We moved to, uh, it's a, a long story about my parents splitting up and all this kind of stuff. But, but, uh, we ended up moving to Northeast Philadelphia. I got enrolled in George Washington high school, uh, which I virtually never went uh, my mother would leave for work at seven thirty. I was supposed to leave like right after that, and I would basically just stay home. And I in and in that time in that year, I I pretty much learned how to play piano. I mean, I was the beginning of me learning how to play piano. We had a bunch of uh, little chord books sitting around, and I had a friend. His name was Mike Morgenstern, and he wrote down on a napkin at Pizon's Pizza uh, the form formula for major minor suspended. Uh, maybe dominant seventh and major seventh chords or something like that. Kind of just the what you know where you would place your fingers. What you know what what the intervals were. 
and I took that napkin home that I still have to this day and uh, and kind of just matched it up to what I saw in these little music books and figured out the rest. And, you know, to this day, I'm, 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 I, I have a style. I have a very drum. I'm a, I'm, I play piano like you play drums. Uh, my left hand is the kick and my right hand is the snare. And I play kind of... Uh, uh, kind of a bluesier version of Neil Young, you know. That's uh, that's that's my style, but uh, you know, it's worked out okay for me. That's amazing that you still have that napkin. You said your um, mother was a singer. What kind of what kind of music was she uh, singing? Cabaret, uh, cabaret, Jewish folk songs. Uh, she was like playing in the uh, Catskills kind of circuit sometimes uh, in New York. She would go down to New York playing some of the cabarets. Uh, uh, a lot in upstate New York. She did a lot of music therapy for veterans of uh, <clears throat> World War II. Oh, that's tremendous! Um, so she was doing a lot of music. She was very instrumental in the uh, in the um, infancy of music therapy. What became you know like a regular thing. We have, we actually my mother is now um, has pretty severe dementia and she's in a home. But so we've cleared out her house. And one of the things I found was um, this uh, here. Wait. Wait, we're on Zoom. It's amazing. I because <laughs> uh, I have it right here. Uh, got this reel-to-reel tape that's from 1956, 58, 58, and it's her <clears throat> being interviewed on New York radio uh, and singing, and it's just such an awesome treasure. I just had it trans. Uh, Trans, uh, what do you call it? Uh, translated? No, no. I had it. Uh, tra- uh, there's a word. I had it uh, put to DVD and a, a digital file, so uh, or a CD and a digital file. So uh, yeah, we're psyched about it. It's pretty neat. That's really cool. That's really awesome to have. Yeah, I had to listen to it a few times because it was like kind of didn't it didn't originally sound like her and i was like that no that's not her that's not her. and then all of a sudden i realized oh wait that is her 22 year old self and uh you know our voices all change and her voice changed fairly drastically but she's like oh yeah that's her she had a southern accent my, my family was a uh, long story but we, we we originated in the united states in nashville tennessee and uh and migrated to pittsburgh and Ohio and places that are, you know, sort of Southern where people sort of have these weird Southern accents where you're, you're not in the South. Yeah. Why do you have that? You know, <laughs> but uh, they do. Yeah. So. I, li- I lived in Western PA for a few years, so I definitely, uh, yeah, it's that, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, on that, like, have you been able to play her that recording at all? Did, like, I know you said she has dementia. Ah, she didn't even shoot. No. no. Yeah, like, yeah, it's tough. My my grandmother um, had dementia pretty bad, but um, oddly could still sit down. She had she played accordion. And if you put the accordion in her, in her hands, like memory or not, that was one thing that definitely stuck. And she could she could yeah, rip awesome. it out. Now, my mom is uh, she is she knows who we are, but she basically she doesn't say anything. She's very nonverbal, doesn't okay. really say anything. Um she sits there while my brother and I talk or something like that. But, you know, no, that's cool. Are, are you of Italian descent or? No, uh, German, Irish, um, oh, okay. some Arabic, like a whole yeah, bunch. There you go. We got accordions. Okay. okay yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so, so like what kind of music was going on around the house um, when you were a kid? 
well, uh, from my parents, it was, um, uh, you know, definitely all of the big band slash uh, 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 Rat Pack kind of variety of music. Um, you know, a lot of cabaret kind of stuff. Uh, but that, you know, all the way going to... Um, uh, uh, Latin and jazz. My parents really liked Latin and jazz stuff too. Um, um, uh, and my sister is uh, my sister, who is uh, almost ten years older than me, um, and uh, lived down the hall from me and my brother. So she would be, you know, sixteen, seventeen, fifteen, whatever. And we were whatever age that is, five, six, seven, and. Um, and uh, she had uh, funny smells coming from down her room and <laughs> and black lights and lots of posters and a lot of Beatles, Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young, um, Neil, uh, Neil Young, uh, Hollies, Animals, all the, you know, a lot of classic rock. She was way into it. And then she went into a um, because there was a. Uh, a brief in the very early seventies, there was a brief um, a bluegrass revival that happened in the United States, and 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 she really kind of, I think more like she collapsed onto the the social side of it. But she she ended up buying a, two guitars. She had a beautiful Guild twelve string. I will never forget that she lost somewhere along the line that I could kill her for it right oh, now. But man. Uh, um, and um, and but she she started to turn me on to a lot of stuff but i do remember uh oh i don't know my friend dave martin in fifth grade we were both trombone was my first actual instrument by the way i didn't mention that trombone was my first instrument in uh fifth grade and uh me and my friend dave martin took trombone and dave also is the one who turned me on to uh like uh uh, uh, Madman Across the Water, uh, and uh, a lot of Elton John, a lot of a lot of uh, Paul McCartney. He was really he was the first one that got me into like Wings and this kind of stuff. Um, Tommy, my brother and I were really into the Tommy record. I remember when we were little kids, and my dad ended up taking us to see the Who doing Tommy, and when we were like ten years old, uh, oh, which man. Is pretty awesome. Uh, you know, so yeah, I mean, we, I come from a fairly classic rock background. Oh, there's a lot of musical theater, a lot of musical theater in there too. I was never good at it. I'm a horrible actor, but uh, you know, I was a decent singer. So they're like, "Oh, you play the guy? Okay, sure." You know, mm-hmm. something to do, meet the girls, hang out. <laughs> I'm a terrible memorizer, so it's just be like the the last day before a play, and I'd be like still going like. I I don't I don't know my lines. I, I don't know. You know. They'd be so pissed, and then I would learn them overnight somehow or another. But you know, and and succeed. So in oh, the great. end, <laughs> that's great. So so you know, you're teaching yourself uh, how to play piano in those years and stuff like that. Um, can I'm you still remember? teaching myself how to play piano? I'm still teaching. I learned how to play guitar. I bought a guitar when I was 22, maybe. I think 22 or 23. I had never played guitar. I bought one when I was about 22, 23. And I was like, I just want an instrument that was more portable. And and it took me a solid 10 years. And now I'd say I'm a pretty decent guitar player. But, you know, uh, I'm not a lead. I am not a lead player by any means, but I'm I'm a, a... very solid uh, rhythm player and uh, you know i can come i can come up with some stuff you can you but, can uh, hang yeah i'd say i'm i'm about uh, i'm about equal i'd say keys and guitar probably keys a little better but you know i write songs so you know i the instrument supports the songs and anybody else i'll well i'll hire them 
Yeah. Yeah. You know. So, um, can you remember like when you started, like, were you always kind of creating songs even before you could play them or? Yes. It- I was creating songs from the time I was very, very young. Yeah. I always was coming up with melodies. I, I have a harmonic memory. I, uh, or, or a harmonic, harmonic, uh, gift i would say i hate saying that but i sort of do i i i can sing harmony to anything uh and i always have my whole life i've always chosen the harmony to sing over and um and uh and always get it pretty much on the money even songs i don't know i just it's uh it's a little tick i have um but i always uh along with many other ones but i always uh yeah i always I was always coming up with little melodies and little ideas for songs or a little play or this, that, and the other, you know, I was a kooky creative kid. What can I tell you? You know, I still am. I was just going to say, don't change, man. It doesn't change. You know, it sticks with you. Um, So, um, you know, you're, you know, you're, you're teaching yourself to play and are you playing in any bands and all um, in, in that high school when you're learning or. Yeah, I went to uh, Philadelphia after that fateful ninth grade. Uh, I went to summer school and uh, ended up, they squeezed me through ninth grade. I don't know how, I don't care. Uh, my mother was smart enough to recognize that I was failing miserably there. And she had heard that the, that uh, there were, that Philadelphia school system was opening the Philadelphia high school for creative and performing arts Kappa down at uh, Broad and Spruce. And she suggested I go and audition. And so I, I do, my mother's been, an amazing force in my life. Um, so, you know, she, had she not done that, I very well would not be sitting here talking to you because uh, she uh, she was wise enough to recognize that I needed I needed to do something different, and going there completely altered the course of my life. So, yeah, um, strong pedigree coming out of there. You know, like a lot of great uh, Philly musicians. Uh, you know, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was in the. Uh, I was in the second graduating class from there and the place is it's been there now for it. And that was 1981. So, you know, okay. it's been there a long time and probably moved four different locations since then, but it was amazing. I just <clears throat> had a great time. I ended up living in center city. Uh, all of my friends were visual artists, uh, dancers, singers, uh, uh, actors. It was, you know, we, we owned Rittenhouse Square and South Street and, uh, um, it was just a great time, great time of life. I ended up getting a job. I ended up, that's how I found the restaurant business also. I have a, uh, I had a, um, hidden talent I did not know for cooking and I ended up getting sucked into the restaurant business. Um, from 10th grade, I started getting, I got a job on Chestnut Street and, Back when, I don't know, I could get away with getting a job when I was 15 years old. I don't know how that happened, but I did. And uh, and I worked in and around that restaurant organization that was, uh, uh, I don't know how familiar you are with Philly at all, but, you know, Philly Pretty restaurant scene. But there was a guy, Steve Poses, had a restaurant, a restaurant group uh, that had Frog, Commissary, uh, uh, Eden, 16th street barn grill all these like a whole bunch he was like the steven star of 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 the 80s okay and um and uh you know i ended up staying in that business for many years and um and pursuing music at the same time because that was back when i couldn't figure out how to 
like, what did that mean that I was pursuing music? I was like writing songs in my bedroom and occasionally playing with, you know, some slipshod kind of bands here and there at like local pubs or something. Uh, but it wasn't until <clears throat> I was in bands early, early in the, uh, in the, uh, very early eighties. Um, I, I, long story. I, I lived in Seattle. I lived in Virginia. I lived back in upstate New York, Canada. I lived a whole bunch of different places. I moved around a lot, and uh, but I was always involved in bands. And uh, but it wasn't until I'd say about 1989 or something like that that a friend of mine that was in a fairly successful Philly band called the Daves at the time. Um, and who I still am friends and still work with, actually. Um, he was like, dude, you know, your your songs are really good. Maybe we should like record something. And I was like, yeah, recording. What a concept. I don't, I don't, what do you do? How do you do that? You know? Yeah. And, uh, and we had a mutual friend who had a recording studio down on Second Street, but in Second Street, in Northern Liberty, Second Street was, you know, a ghost town. And, um, and we ended up uh, cutting a little cassette of, I don't know, three songs and then, I started getting some gigs, and they were like, oh, let's do a whole record. I did a whole record, and it came out in 91, I think, a little CD. first, My first CD, only CD, no cassettes printed. Um, and, uh, you know, and it was kind of from there I kept going. I caught the bug. I mean, I do love, I, I love the challenge of writing a group of material, a collection of material. Um, I love the challenge of, uh, of uh, you know, seeing what it can be in a recorded environment so how you know what what it can be beyond just the song in production and uh you know yeah so and since then i've just i don't know i have, I have a crap load of music out there man i you do and you oh, know not not just alone but collaborating with uh with other people and stuff like that um yeah yeah I mean, i've had six record deals over time um i've had, you know i have probably Let's see, nine, ten with them, probably ten on my own. Probably, you know, I probably got about twenty-eight records out with my name on it. You know, with you know that are either my name or Four Way Street, U.S. Rails, Pistol for Ringo, something. One of the one, you know, one of the bands that I mainly write for, or something like that. So, yeah, you know. Um. So, so when you're writing, you know, for like um, Four Way Street or writing for U.S. Rails or anything like that, do do you have stuff that you specifically are like? filing away like oh this is for me this is for that you know uh totally um <clears throat> i mean kind of going back to this uh ability to harmonize for some reason that was kind of a uh um this the i don't know it was the hint that maybe i should be involved in a harmony band of some kind or another i mean i was always in choirs too like throughout from time i was in third grade, I was always in choirs and stuff. So I, I really learned all, all about all harmony, solfege, all that stuff, sight, sight singing, sight reading, blah, 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 blah. Oh, it's very exciting. Um, but, you know, when I when I look back, I mean, some of the secular music I was singing, some of the, you know, it's really, I mean, it's it's complex, it's interesting, it's it's definitely inspired me, and, um, and it's stuff that I go back to time and time again, just to kind of revisit and go like, oh yeah, that's yeah, that's what we were kind of doing. You know, maybe we could do something like that in a pop context or something, you know, um, or in a folk context because of you know, folk music. A lot of folk music is really riffing on a lot of the classicists. So, um, uh, 
but uh, do I write for it? I, I write for projects. I, it's an ability that I have developed over years where I, I, I know how to write for a particular project, and that includes differing projects that I'm doing for myself, such as, you know, the last few records I've done where I'm, you know, it's a theme. I find a theme. I just, I actually, I've been, uh, not to meander, but, uh, like for a year now, well, since the beginning of this uh, pandemic, when we got back in March and, and, you know, and for, you know, several months after that, I would talk to people. And of course they'd say, you know, Hey, uh, well, you must be writing and doing all kinds of, you must probably have wrote a whole record by now. And I'd be like, Nope, Nope. I'm writing a damn thing. Nothing, you know, try, tried a few, tried a little bit, but I hadn't written anything. And, um, and then uh, what I realized is like I hadn't found a theme. I hadn't found a, the thing that I'm going to write about. And uh, and so like uh, I'd say two records ago was uh, Lost Keys. And that record was I knew I wanted to do this record that sort of reimagined what, you know, a Motown stacks kind of Philly soul, you know, of an era would sort of sound like kind of updated, but all told through my own, you know, a lot of shitty relationships and, you know, some good ones and whatever, and, uh, and to kind of tell those stories. And then I, I reappropriated that into, um, Sunday morning meltdown, which was, uh, my, the last record I put out, which was kind of all those musical themes, but limited into more of a Memphis, Memphis, uh, kind of sound. Um, but, uh, uh, limiting it to, uh, I, th- I don't think there's, there's no love songs on it. There's not one on there. Uh, it's all pretty much political. Um, and that was, uh, you know, way pre anything that was, that I wrote most of that record just leading up to, uh, the, um, the, uh, election of Trump. Um, and then, um, as when I wrote most of it and then, um, I wrote a few afterwards or right, right when we were recording, and then, uh, and then this new one that I'm kind of working on very slowly, so I don't, you know, has no name or has no nothing, but I just know that it's basically a uh, kind of a Memphis-y country, more country-inspired record, also heavy, heavy on politics, but also I'm really just trying to, uh, um, I know that what's going what's to happen is uh, there's a song on there called a Hollywood Country, and that's that's kind of the theme of the whole thing. It's like, and the line is, this ain't real, this is Hollywood Country, and it, because I'm not a country singer. Uh, I'm basically putting on an act and yeah. I decided to just kind of make the whole thing like just a big freaking joke, you know, like, but with serious subject matter in, in places, but, but like, yeah, I'm just gonna, I'm going to be this character for, for a record. And, um, so that's what I'm working on right now. And then as far as like us rails or four way street, those bands that were, um, uh, heavy harmony kind of CSNY meets Beatles meets Eagles meets, beagles i don't know uh um uh those were yeah i I would write songs that have big beefy choruses that um you know that could have that you know would be um impressive to an audience when four guys all of a sudden slam into a you know a a harmony you know that's not barbershop but you know an eaglesy beatlesy kind of harmony um um and then I'm also involved in uh, Pistol for Ringo, which is kind of my LA-based band. It's not really LA-based, but the three other guys are in LA. Me and the drummer are here, and um, and that's that's been an exercise in writing completely outside of my um, my typical box. In in I'm writing more of like a kind of 
uh, kind of a ever so slightly proggy, very alternative kind of early 90s rock thing, you know, um, that's quirky and subject matter is quirky and titles and lyrics and everything about it is quirky and the playing is, you know, without a doubt, you know, much quirkier than anything I have on my records. And yeah. that's because the, that's the, that's the uh, sum of the parts there. The, there's uh, just some players that come from very, I'm probably the, uh, uh, me and the drummer are probably the, you know, the most kind of, that's not, no, I can't say that. We're, we're probably the biggest musical traditionist, traditionalists. Um, where these the other three guys definitely come from a, a bit more of a punk sensibility, but a little bit more like, you know, punk in the sense of like, you know, pink pixies kind of, you know, early nineties kind of stuff. Um, you know, and, and I found it to be, I got invited and you didn't, you're not asked, you didn't ask me these questions. I'm just babbling. At no, you, okay? I love it. I love you it. Whatever you please. Okay. I love um, it. Um, I got invited to that band. I, there was a guy that uh, lived out here for a number of years that I was really good friends with this guy, Shane Smith, who, uh, who, um, you know, had since moved back to LA and, uh, he got involved with this band, Pistol for Ringo. And it was kind of a project band. Still is. It's like a project band. We've, we've toured a couple of times, but for the most part, we don't really play live. It'd be nice if we did, but, um, but he moved out, he moved out there and, um, he became part of that band. And then, uh, just as they were going to start to mix their record, the singer quit. And, um, and he was never, and I'm not just saying this because I replaced him, but you know, they all, anybody would say if they listen to the stuff with his voice on it, you kind of go like, "It sounds weird. Something doesn't sound right. Doesn't sound comfortable." And uh, and so they were like, "Hey, you know, would you consider flying out to LA and re-singing this entire record?" And um, that was when you would, you know, I couldn't do it here now, but you know, yeah. more sure, sure, it's fuck more fun to go out there, you know. And, <laughs> yeah, uh, I'll go out there where you got the good weed and. Uh, um, so I went out there and, um, and I replaced all the vocals. I just, oh, man, I just threw in a major Philly vocals. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, and um, we did that. And uh, and that was, uh, uh, that was almost 20 years ago. That was almost 20 years ago. And, uh, and, and I have since, we've since made, I don't know, five, five records and done three or four tours. And, you know. Uh, and, and I write, I'd say 80% of the material now. Um, the other two guitar players will always put in one or two songs in a, you know, in, on a record. And I usually write a bunch of the other stuff. Um, frankly, my stuff I think is more the filler stuff, but you know, they always have kind of the hits that I'll help them kind of sculpt and finish. But, but I love, I just love that project. It honestly is probably my f most favorite music product project that I do. Yeah. It, when I get to do it, it's just such a freaking blast. Um, we nine out of ten, we end up going out to LA and hanging, you know, doing the thing all out there, and it's just, you know, it's a whole, you know, it's a whole different lifestyle there, man. I, I love it. If I could afford it, I would be there, but um, um, I can't. Um, uh, you got, you gotta have a sugar mom or something. They all do. <laughs> uh, but we're we're actually there. The 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 plan is in the works. The tickets are possibly being purchased if nobody's going to die or we don't, you know, I don't know who the hell knows what's going to happen, but the plan is that this summer, this July, we're going to, they're coming out here and we're going to cut a record out here. 
So, awesome. That yeah. is awesome. Will you, yeah. um, so when you uh, do that, will you uh, play any like uh, shows around here while they're out here or? Yeah, they would want to, but it takes us so long to rehearse. It's like, you know, I'm sure we'll go somewhere and play three songs or something like that, but you know. Yeah. You'll have um, to, you'll have to let me know if that happens. Cause I'll, I'll uh, yeah. <laughs> I, you know, honestly, it'll probably be like at the Dawson, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> they're doing anything, you know? I mean, it's like, or the grape or something, you know, somewhere where we can just go and, do a few songs. It, we, we, it takes us like the 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 few times we've toured. It takes us a solid ten days, which is you know nothing compared to a lot of bands, you know, because we never play together and we right. record and we never play the songs. So it's like we have to spend ten days learning, you know, plus homework, you know, learning how to do this live, you know. So yeah. uh, we've had some, we've had, but we've had we've had some great shows as as that band though we've played always weird like you know like playing at a opening for a uh, like a strip show in vegas or you know or uh playing we played um not spielberg but uh uh not, not spielberg not Wahlberg, not uh oh christ anyway a famous director we played his house for obama benefit years ago you oh, know wow. <laughs> just weird stuff we get you know yeah and then we played you know, and then we play like whatever hotel cafe or whatever, up, you know, in San Francisco or, you know, in Oakland, there's some punk rock clubs and stuff like that. But just a blast. It's always fun. It's always like one of the guy's dads who's like way retired and, you know, is 75 years old, wants to just wants to get out and see the world. So he drives the van, you know, we can yeah. use my van. And, you know, <laughs> it's a very informal project. I'll put it that way. That's awesome. On the um, on the the kind of uh, country themed uh, thing. So does My America fall into that? Um, that yeah. you put out last year. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's, that's, I'd say that started it. That's what started it. Yeah. I, I mean, mean I, I didn't realize that's what started it, but I realize it now. Yeah. I, I wanted to go for um, three and four chord sim- simplicity. Uh, uh, I wanted to, you know, one, four, five, even I, I'm, I'm, I say dumb it down. I don't mean that way. I want to, I want it, I, any, any cliched, obvious influence. I want to welcome in there. I don't care. I'm not going to go out of my way to, you know, to avoid, cause I've been for years. I mean, I, I write fairly complex stuff. It's like, yeah. it's not the kind of thing where, Hey jam, you know, I always get, Oh, come on over and jam. We'll, we'll play a few tunes. I'm like, no, we won't. You don't know how to play my tunes and <laughs> you don't know them. No, and I'm not giving you charts and you're going to fuck them up and I'm going to look shitty. So no, we're not going to do that. Um, so, you know, they tend to be complex. These are, um, all every every one of these songs is all fairly three and four chord one four five you know with a, maybe a minor six or something it's very simple stuff um very uh in your face simple lyrics uh that are um as communicating you know some some of them are super silly of a couple tunes like uh Hundred dollar fine for fighting, which is about a, a bar in, in Texas. That's it mentions a lot of states. I have a lot of states in this in this record. There's nothing European about it. It's all America. Very, the whole thing is very American. And a uh, uh, hundred dollar fine for fighting, which is about a sign that's been hanging in a bar in, in Texas for years and years and years and years. Uh, you know, sixty five years, where you know Johnny Cash and, and uh, you know and a, a million other 
major country stars of the day would play and there's a big sign that says hundred dollar fine for fighting and uh and i can't believe nobody ever fucking wrote a song with that and i was and when i had to go looking it up i couldn't find anything so if they did it's it's not very popular um and um so i got stuff like that um uh and then stuff like uh you know, My America or uh, Indiana Sky, which is a song about the uh, woman, Lisa Montgomery, who was uh, one of the last people put to death on death row before Trump left office um, uh, and the first female put to, put to death on death row, who was uh, completely incapacitated and had no idea what's going on, what was going on. And it was a completely, I mean, as guilty as she was, it was a very unfair thing. I don't know what you're feeling about um, uh, uh the death death penalty is but uh for me it's it's uh uh it's uh, i as i say in the song i i firmly believe in the you don't take an eye for an eye so uh yeah. that's where i'm at and so so it has a lot there's a lot of serious subject matter and then there's you know you know hollywood country which is just about a guy that goes out to LA from the East Coast, a, a Jewish guy from the East Coast who goes out to LA, ends up writing all these songs for for the fifties Hollywood movies, fifties Hollywood wet westerns, um, you know, and it got becomes like the guy, the, the go to guy, which is often what happened, by That's, the way. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, we write all the best Christmas songs. Uh, and, uh, you know, so that's what would happen. And, um, but, you know, and part of the punchline is, you know, like, is, you know, I hope they don't find out who I really am, you know. But anyway, and, it, you know, it's just about a guy who's like putting on a costume every day going like, I guess I'm a country singer. All right. <laughs> they don't know I'm from like Fifth Avenue. Um, so, uh, or Brooklyn, um, old Brooklyn, not new Brooklyn. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, so. Yeah, no, man, I, I I forgot what the question was. What was the question? Did no, I answer it? you did answer. Yeah, it was, uh, <laughs> when, when, <laughs> it was it was just whether my America played into that. But yeah, that totally right, makes right, sense. Right, right. Totally makes yeah. sense. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I I heard that song uh, for the first time last year when it came out, and I was like, I was really taken aback. I think mostly the thing that stood out was, like you said, was the you know three chord guitar kind of structure to it because you know the the last few albums you know you were working with the uh 48 hour horns and, yeah. and, and like orchestrations and blah, blah it's yeah year, dude two years of a two years every record it's like i don't have that kind of time my idea for this record whether or not well first of all i'm i'm a uh a i'm my own worst critic b i'm a, a perfectionist and a control freak to some degree I've been told, uh, and uh, but um, you know, my plan is that this can be the kind of thing that if I get the right kind of group together. But first of all, I love my band. I, I always play with. I always have great players. I mean, a couple guys kind of come and go a little bit, but mostly it's like I've been playing with the same people for twenty five years. You know, so everybody knows what their spot is. You know, yeah. And, uh, but they also happen to be great at playing country music and, uh, you know, and country and swing and jazz. I got this guy, Eric Sales, who's been playing with me for years. And he's, I mean, it's just an, he's top notch, you know, uh, 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 Guitar picker, you know, a telly guitar picker. It just sounds great. It's perfect. You know, to, so if I can just do basic tracking with like four of us health, healthfully, uh, you know, in a space which I, we happen to be lucky. We've got a studio space that's big enough that I, everybody feels, you know, I mean, so we might die. I don't know. But, uh, <laughs> you know, we don't expect to. Um, and uh, doing something good. I was just uh, going to say, going they, out for music's great. You know? Yeah, yeah. So um, we will. 
you know, hopefully the plan is to be able to at least con- be able to record all the basic tracking, s- super simple in, you know, in the, in the course of a couple of days. I mean, I last, both of my last two records though, I did the basic, basic tracking I did in two days for both those, uh, for both those records. So, I mean, two days a piece for both those records. It was, you know, yeah. I remember going into, it was a big buildup. I hadn't done a record in a while. I was so excited to do the Lost Keys record and I was doing it by my buddy, Phil Niccolo. Do you know Phil at all? No, I don't. Phil owns uh, Studio Four, and uh, well, now he owns Studio Four Vinyl, which is really fucking cool. You should check that out. There's the only place on the East Coast that's doing that. Will eventually, very soon, they just got their machines and everything. It's they're doing like top fucking grade vinyl. Nice. Really nice stuff. It's him and uh, Obi O'Brien, guy that produces all the Bon Jovi shit. But um, um, but they they're opening their their place in the on off the boulevard somewhere. Um, <clears throat> that won't be like a store. It's just a warehouse with machines and stuff. Sure. You know. Uh, but uh, point being, uh, went there. I was like, Phil's like, come on, dude. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm not gonna lie. He's like, yeah, you know, I, you know just, because I get deals. Um, you know, yeah, just you know. So it was between Christmas and New Year's. I was like, cool. So he said, just, yeah, between Christmas, yeah, just, you know, you want the room for a couple, three days? So we're going to have it for three days. First day we get there. I, I walk in, I guess I, uh, my, my dad is like, uh, was always a uh, promptness is the courtesy of King. So I'm always like, I'm, I'm always on time for everything as, as, as much as humanly possible. I'm, I'm on time to a fault, very punctual. And, um, uh, so I was punctual arriving at our 10 AM. Let's get, you know, first day, let's get everything set up. Maybe we'll be recording by five or something. And, um, and, uh, I walk in and I hear fans going, like rotator fans, you know, and it was a sound I'm not used to hearing in the studio. And I walk in and I see, uh, like three inches of water, you know, the whole studio and their, their fans are running and everything. And it's like, you know, they had both there's, they're, they're underneath the, the studio is located beneath the American pub in Conchahawken. Okay. Uh, yeah. You know, I don't know that at all, but, um, on Fayette Street, and uh, yeah, they had it wasn't it wasn't in the main room, but it was bad enough. It was bad. And, you know, I walk in. Phil is hilarious. He always has a good spirit about everything. He knew. I'm sure when he saw me, he knew that I was like, "Oh motherfucker, I'm fucked again, <laughs> fuck yeah. again." And uh, you know, but he was just like, "Well, we're uh, you know, like we're gonna we're gonna uh, we're gonna start a little bit later, I think, you know." And uh, <laughs> but so it ended up we really only had we got in there at like nine o'clock that night. We were able to at least get set up and get sounds. So then, so we didn't really rec- we didn't record till the next day. And so we recorded all all uh, I don't know eleven songs in two days. So you know, big deal. They in the you know in the fifties they did it in two hours. All right, that's right. But you, know, <laughs> but you know, it was our little our little thing. But still, the record took fucking two years because between finalizing those. Getting the right vocals. I, there was a intricate vocal shit going on. I I uh, orchestrated all the horns and strings for it, and then I had uh, notated it with a friend of mine who's much faster than myself and could do it on computer. Uh, and uh, you know, but all that just took so long. It just it was you know it felt like ten years. You know, so so this this my commitment this time around is uh, uh, I want to just like I want to I'm like how about a week. Let's do it in a week, you know? Yeah. And um, so we'll see what happens. That's Who awesome. Knows? That's awesome. Well, sir, I would love to put you through what we affectionately call the jauntlet here. Um, oh, right. This is the scary part for me. I'm never good at this stuff. I'm just telling you that right off the bat. Right, let, me, let me look at these questions here. Let's, All right. 
Or do I need to look at them or you just no, I'll, 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 yeah, I'll read them off to you. So, okay. um, so we start with the one. I can't really see it. So, um, <laughs> I can tell you Sammy Hagar, or David Lee Roth. I just was never a fan of really either. I think they're both talented, but you know, not a fan. Really? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, I'm, uh, uh, I, you know, I mean, I'll take Eddie Van Halen above either of them. So sure. Uh, sure. uh, uh yeah, I mean, I think Sammy Hagar is a good singer and, and apparently a good club owner. Yeah. Uh, David Lee Roth, I met. He was a complete asshole. Oh. Uh, uh, but uh, <laughs> um, so so I'm going to say Sammy Hagar or David Lee Roth. Uh, uh, I'm going to say Eddie Van Halen. Okay. okay. I like it. I like it. Okay. Uh, the I'm next one. Just run. Are you asking me, or should I just yeah, run I'll these ask. down? With you? Okay, I'll, good. I'll, I'll I'm, ask I'm taking your show. Sorry, <laughs> man. I, I told you I'm a control freak. I just take shit up. <laughs> it's cool. It's cool. You can be. I'll be your co-host. Okay. <laughs> uh, Biggie or Tupac? Are you a hip hop guy? Do you get into? I, you know, I'm, 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 I am not. Uh, uh, it, it is not. Nor has it ever really been my regular go-to listening. But of sure. course, I'm. You know, it's it's pretty mainstream at this point. Uh, Tupac, without question, for me. All right, so, all right. You know, uh, I just think infinitely more melodic, and uh, and uh, there's something more believable to me about everything he did. So, cool. I'm probably a little more familiar too with you know straight up Tupac than Biggie stuff. So, there yeah. You go. All right, Nirvana or Pearl well, Jam. let me tell you something related to oh, that though. It's yeah, go right ahead. Uh, you can tell me to shut up at any no, point, but is uh, happen. I was in a band in uh, 1982, I guess, in uh, Hamilton, Ontario, right across the street, across the, across the street, across the bridge from uh, Niagara Falls, uh, uh, New York, on the Canadian side, Niagara, and we had a very unoriginally named band called Niagara, and uh, I met these guys while working in a mall. Uh, when I moved up there, I was working for my dad in a mall, Rainbow Mall, it is no longer there. And, uh, and I met these guys and they were like, yeah, we're, I, I saw so when I saw them, I was like, you guys gotta be in a band or something. I was just like walking around like the food court, you know, getting a corn dog or something. And I was like, look at these guys, you guys, you guys in a band or something. And, and this mall was like desolate. That's why it doesn't exist anymore too. It was just like, <laughs> it was just like the worst business move ever. Um, it became like a koi pond or something. Um, and, uh, but, uh, so we had a band called Niagara. We had, I ended up moving my keyboards down to their down to their spot in Niagara Falls the next night because I was like, yeah, I'm a musician. Oh, we can we could use keys. And I was, a, and I ended up my we ended up rehearsing there every night for like a year and a half or something. Or over the course of a year and a half, we were rehearsing all the time. And then we got a development deal, and our development deal was with uh, Sire uh, Sire Records, and um, and they gave us like ten grand to cover like flights and hotels and shit to go to New York and record some demos. And our manager at the time managed um, the Fat Boys. And, oh, um, no kidding. Yeah. Just died, you know. Um, yeah, Prince uh, Marky uh, D. Yeah, and um, but uh, but we had, and I knew nothing about that stuff. I mean, I knew you know, like I, my my connection to you know uh, African American music was all through you know more Motown soul that kind of stuff. I, I really wasn't too hip to still rap was still freaking new, you know. Yeah, I mean, I, I was working in kitchens and I was being turned on to Grandmaster Flash and all that stuff. So you know, but so it was still very new, and I was you know I'm you know whatever I was a white kid playing you know, uh, Pippin, the soundtrack to Pippin, you know, or whatever, you know? Uh, so, um, so, uh, short story is that he was the, he was the, their manager, but we ended up, it was the one big tour. They ended up opening for, um, 
uh, run DMC, um, doing doing arenas, and uh, and so we went and hung out with Run DMC and the Fat Boys uh, at you know in, on their bus. You know, at, at the uh, Niagara Falls Convention Center or whatever the fuck it was, I think something like that. And uh, but just like what, I, I, like I could not have been more of a fish out of water. Fish so out. I was yeah. just like, Hi guys, how are you? you know, <laughs> it's so good to meet you. <laughs> Your music is splendid. I don't know. <laughs> That's an exaggeration. Okay. Uh, all right. Go ahead. Back to the program. Unbelievable. Sorry. No, I love it. Um, I, I had a cup of coffee right before I, I, I got you on the phone here because I was like, I, I just taken a little cat. I had ate some dinner and I, I took a little cat nap. I woke up and I'm like, oh my God, I'm so tired. But I, coffee affects me greatly. So anyway. <laughs> um, Nirvana or Pearl Jam? It's a tough one. I bet I'll, I'll say Pearl Jam because of uh, just strictly for longevity's sake and the fact that I I just respect the shit out of their ability to stay together, uh, continue to put out, if not music that I find personally super memorable or exciting. Uh, some of it is. Some of it's not bad. It's not just not really my thing. But I, I they're all great musicians, uh, great yeah. players. And the fact that they've been able to survive this long and uh, and survive with, in my opinion, a whole lot of class. Uh, uh, you know, I'm going to go with them. But you know, fucking, you know, mad respect for uh, for uh, everything Nirvana as well. They just it was just very short lived, and you know, yeah. and and then they spawned that evil Dave Grohl, you know, <laughs> who's destroying anger in the music business for everybody. Yeah. You right. Know? <laughs> You can't no, be he's, too nice, guy. Like, <laughs> I met him once too. He was could not have been nicer. Yeah, it um, doesn't surprise me, man. It yeah. doesn't and surprise so me. And I met that Stone Gossard was in a band called Brad um, mm-hmm. uh, with Chuck Treist. You know Chuck Chuck at yeah. all? Yeah, yeah. So they were in, they were doing the Brad thing um, with Chuck, uh, and uh, uh, and that guy's since died. I forget his name. Uh, he was Sean. Uh, he was really good. They had one one record that was, did well in like. Uh, XPN, you know, AAA radio, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, but uh, they were uh, they were around Philly a couple times, and and Stone was just could not have been a cooler dude. He was just so so nice, you know. Awesome. All right, next, uh, the big one: Beatles or Stones? Um, uh, it's tough, but uh, Beatles, you know. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, I love the Stones, dude. I, I, I mean, Beatles for their perfection, Stones for their aggression. I, I, I and I, I, you know, I, I, I love them both equally. But if I have to make a choice, uh, I'm, I'm going with the Beatles. All right, all right. Do you have a favorite Beatle? It changes, but I mean, it was George for the longest time. But uh, again, due to longevity and accomplishment, and. Uh, 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 ability to continue whether or not I like it or it's amazing musically, but the ability to continue to create music as as in as high quality and uh, appear to be as such a res- respectful human being. Uh, I'm gonna go with you know Paul. Yeah, makes sense. Makes sense. Yeah. Uh, last one of the one hit wonders: uh, Prince or Michael Jackson? Prince. Yeah. Yeah, dude, it, you know, uh, we, we this has come up a lot uh, throughout the course of this show, but like uh, just the ability, like the ability of that, that dude to just play everything, track everything. And, and yeah. then, you know, I mean, Michael was amazing, uh, but he, you know, he, uh, 
it got it just well i don't need to tell you mike's story because you know it but uh, <laughs> but you know uh for they just had very different kind of careers mm-hmm. is the way i look at it you know and michael was the uh uh unfortunately you know was kind of had to deal with the 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 downside of being brought into the uh, um, the uh, music business at such a young age, and I think it, you know, it's fucked him up. You know, yeah. I think. I mean, I think he was genuinely screwball. You know, mm-hmm. I, totally. I don't think that I've I've I know a couple people that have met Prince and uh, and have worked with him, and uh, and they both say that you know slightly kooky when you first meet him but then he's he's just a guy who just really well he's dead now uh right. they're both dead now by the way um everybody's a, uh and we will be too eventually but Someday. um but um they're um i mean i kind of lost my train of thought but uh, you know prince is just i mean he he's uh i i think he's just he was a guy who just loved to play music you know yeah. And I don't honestly think he was into the fame side of it. It was a byproduct of kind of his genius um, versus I think Michael actually sought fame. And that was because it was instilled by his father and, and right. the whole and the band growing up. It was like, we are going, we're going for the toppermost of the poppermost, you know? Um, uh, Prince was just like, I got a band and we're fucking good. Uh, I, you're going to probably like it. And eventually the whole world did. So, you know, and it took him, it was a slow burn, man. You ever see those videos of oh, yeah. shit being thrown at him, at, you know, opening for Rolling Stones? Oh, poo poo. I'm opening for the Rolling Stones. <laughs> some, you know, oh, but you know, in the, in that, in the, in that era and, you know, and in the grand scheme of things, you know, you know, he did, he, I mean, cause I back, like again, back early restaurant days, I remember when like controversy came out and, and a uh, couple of the, the, the little Afri- African-American college girls that worked at the restaurant were like, hey, you know, Prince and I'm like, no, nah, no, nah, never heard of him. You know, they'd show me the record. It would be the vinyl, you know, and I'm like, what the, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this guy, you know, and, uh, you know, so I don't even know if it wasn't, con- maybe it was controversy. It was probably earlier. Cause what controversy is like third record or something like that, but I don't know. Um, Next. Okay. So, so those were the one hit wonders. Now the top 10 countdown. These are just favorites. As I, as I, we talked about this a little earlier, but I use John interchangeably to be anything you want it to be. So there is no, no uh, uh, parameters okay. around what you want your answer to be. But uh, number one, what was your first John? What was the first thing you remember being obsessed with um, when you were young? Uh, I think the first record I got obsessed with, honestly, was, um, uh, uh, Venus and Mars, Pump Carton and Wings, Goodbye Yellow Big Road, Elton John, um, and uh, and because I kind of talked about this earlier, but it's true. Uh, these were like I remember when I was like eight or nine. You know, the, the getting getting these my my brother getting these records, and I just you got to play them again. And and the other the last one was not the Who's Tommy, but Tommy as played by. The London Symphony Orchestra. Uh, wow, with, okay. With all these like guests and stuff. So it was like kind of like a Broadway version of Tommy before there was a Broadway version of Tommy. That uh, that uh, um, Pete Townsend, he's no dummy. He, he, he knew how to diversify. Um, yeah. Uh, but, uh, you know, the, I'd, say, I'd say like, you know, I mean, as far as any kind of like modern rock stuff is concerned, it, I would say you know it was, it was definitely that kind of thing. I, I was I was pretty into that stuff. I I I, I always liked uh, 
uh, guys that could play piano too. So I, I know I, I saw Paul actually playing piano. I didn't realize he was a piano player too. Who knew that he played everything? I just thought he was like the guy in, you know, in wings that I knew he came from that band, the Beatles. Cause this was all over by then, you know? Yeah. Um, uh, you know what? So Sergeant Pepper's got to go in there too. So yeah, Sergeant Pepper, I was really, I mean, I just, you know, not good, not, uh, not, um, uh, yeah, now I'm gonna say Sergeant Pepper was because it was just the record cover, you know. Yeah, I was just like, oh, this is cool. It's got a lot of stuff awesome. on it. <laughs> you know, after that, it it went into like Kiss Alive, you know. So you know, my tastes got a little hinky for a while there. So until I found New Wave. Okay. All right, number two. What is your current John? What are you into right now? What are you? Uh, what are you vibing? What do you? Feeling? I hate everything. Uh, <laughs> 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 Anybody tell you I'm kind of a curmudgeon? Um, but, uh, <laughs> I, I don't. Im- I don't impress easily right now because I, you know, I'm definitely of an age where I don't want to say I've heard it all before, but it all sure as heck sounds mighty familiar. Um, you know, um, I'm not a big fan of of um, you know, like 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 new. Like kind of you know in the last fifteen years whatever you know you think of like bands like uh, um, like Fleet Foxes or something you know yeah uh, uh, and I'm like well you know I really kind of when they first came out I was like oh that's cool I love the harmonies and everything you know but now so many of I say those bands so many bands are like all about sound and I actually like I really like like I like War on Drugs I, I think they're good but. I I always find like I was I was just listening to their live record the other day, which I don't really listen to a whole lot of a whole lot of music for some reason lately. It's just because I'm so involved in my own projects or whatever. I like to hear NBR just talking at me or something. But um, but uh, I was listening to their record. And to, to be honest, short of the uh, uh, um, under the pressure, they're kind of you know the sort of hit ish song from you know like a couple years ago, whatever, and. Their cover of uh, of a Warren Zevon tune, which was like, oh god, this song's great, and was, all of a sudden I was like, oh wait a minute, that's Warren Zevon, right? <laughs> yeah. you know, so, uh, all right, I'm not answering your question. I'm going to answer your question. What am I really into lately that I like a lot? Um, I've definitely been going back to some of the stuff that I was really into in the early 2000s and revisiting it, and that would be. Um, uh, Badly Drawn Boy, for instance, I, uh, which is, I don't know if you're familiar with him at all. Yeah. Uh, uh, it's a very orchestrated kind of quirky pop stuff that I really love. Um, uh, I, I, uh, what else? Do I I've just been listening to that again recently a lot. I've also been revisiting um, a lot of early 70s country music just because of the project I'm doing. I'm kind mm-hmm. of just a little bit, you know, I'm seeing, you know, I did a, uh, <clears throat> I did a tour in 1996, uh, a solo tour in Europe. I played about 10 shows with Towns Van Zant, and, uh, and it was right before he died. And, uh, and he was, you know, I didn't get it to be honest. I, I had heard his, of, of his myth and everything for years. And, but when I saw him, it was kind of like, you know, I mean, it was sad because he just was not, he was in terrible shape and he really couldn't perform very well. But in these European audiences would show up in these, we were playing to, we were playing like 300 capacity rooms, basically, where like now if he rose from the dead and started playing some, he'd be playing 
freaking like arenas, Arena, you know? Yeah. Cause, yeah. Because the myth is so huge, but he was just so rickety. It was, uh, was, it was difficult to, uh, you know, to really get too involved with. And then he borrowed 60 bucks from me and I never got it back. Um, <laughs> but, uh, um, but, uh, yeah, so I'm, you know, man, I I tell you, what am I most obsessed with? I'm obsessed with revisiting a bit of my past right now. I like it. I like it. Uh, number three, what was the first concert you went to? Uh, I mean, as a kid, uh, I, as a kid, we went. Uh, my parents were pretty cool about taking us to see things, to see music. So uh, I remember. These are going to sound super corny, but I got to tell you, they were amazing. Um, we saw Harry Belafonte. Yeah, he was amazing. This is that would that would that would have had to have been 1969 or 1970. Uh, saw Liza Minnelli. Uh, she was unfucking uh, You know, with a huge orchestra and everything, and you know, she was huge at this point too. Really, I mean, that was like you know, this is like probably 1971. She was you know, I mean, just kind of like you know, it was. She was still a thing, you know? Yeah. Um, uh, and then um, uh, well, we went to, um, I remember we went to see, um, we went to uh, uh, Expo 67. So Expo 67 uh, was uh, the 1967 World Fair, World's Fair. We didn't go in 1967. We went in 1969 because they just kept it as a fair running in, um, in uh, Montreal. And uh, and uh, and so we Montreal or Toronto, I can't remember. And uh, but we saw a bunch of music then. I remember seeing like "Up with People." Does, does that ring a bell to you at all? Yeah, I know but exactly what that. Okay, and I, me going like that looks like fun, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, a little kid. I'm like, look at all those colorful shirts. <laughs> 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 but they got drums and bass, and you know, there's guitar, electric guitar. Then you know, so I thought that was pretty neat. But uh, uh, and then, uh, uh, but you know, the first I'd say the the, the two first uh, real concerts I saw was uh, when I was uh, ten. We saw uh, Tommy. We saw the Who. The Who. And then uh, when I was about uh, twelve or thirteen, uh, my my sister t took me to see the Eagles. Oh, Eagles nice. with Prairie League. Uh, or, uh, what am I saying? ZZ Top, not the Eagles. Uh, was oh. ZZ, ZZ Top Fandango Tour, um, uh, you know, Tush and all that. Um, yeah. With Pure Prairie League opening up. Yeah, that and that, that was a lot of fun. Rod Stewart. Right. I always remember that. Uh, I've no seen so many shows because I, I also, I mean, having nothing to do with being a kid, but in my adult life, um, semi-adult life, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I still don't know if I'm an adult, but uh, uh, I've been accused of not being. So, uh, 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 when I, but I, I worked for Electric Factory Concerts for almost 10 years, too. So oh, I okay. saw a shitload of shows, met a shitload of people, you know, yeah. never taking pictures. Because back then, of course, one, we didn't have the phones like we do now. You know, two, it's just weird. You don't do that, you know. It's yeah. kind of frowned upon. But, you know, talking about just sitting at a table, hanging out, talking to Neil Young, sitting at a table, talking to Jackson Brown, uh, uh uh, David Crosby, uh, Bruce Hornsby, Patty Smith. I mean, I, like so many people literally running into Elvis Costello in a hallway, physically running into him. And, hey, mate, you know? Oh, yeah. Hey, so, yeah. Wow. Great fucking times. Neat. That's awesome. Number four, what was your last concert? What was the last uh, show you went to? Uh, well, I, well, uh, 
me um, because, uh, because I we we were on tour before this all happened here. Um, that's what. But before before uh, I don't know if you know that, but like before, not that it's a big deal or anything. But like like a lot of people, we were in Europe. We st- we were ten shows into a forty two show tour uh, in uh, uh, Italy, Spain, Germany, Austria, Switzerland. Blah 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 blah. We well, we didn't make it much much past Spain. So um, wow. Um, yeah, and then it was just like talk about you know we all lost thousands and thousands of dollars. And, you know, it was like, imagine five grown men crying in a van, you know, rolling down the ramp. It's just like, what the fuck is going on with the world? You know, and it was like, we were, you know, because in Europe, too, like in Berlin, fucking army tanks rolling through. It was just like, you know, you're, you're, what's going on in your head is like, what? I mean, I'm, I'm revisiting. I'm getting emotional right now thinking about it. It's like it was such yeah. an emotional time. But before that, what did I see? Uh, you know, concerts. Uh, I think the last thing that like. I saw as like, uh, you know, we're going to a concert with Paul McCartney. Okay. Yeah. All right. um, yeah. Um, like, a, you know, like a big, con- cause I can't stand them anymore. Cause I, because yeah. I worked for the electric factory, I'm totally jaded. <laughs> I, uh, you know, I call them up to this day. Hey, do you have any tickets for blah, 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 you know, and they still hook me up and shit. But, uh, um, but, uh, but uh, yeah, because um, yeah, previous to that, right before I went on tour, I do, uh, I do this thing light of day every year. Um, which raises money for um, uh, Parkinson's research and stuff, but it's Bruce Springsteen is has a has a component. He's been a, a, a long time kind of partner of the of the mission, and uh, so I was fortunate enough to right before I went on tour, I, I played a show in in Asbury Park at uh, at the uh, theater in Asbury Park. The uh, I was called the Brown Theater, but that's in uh, Kentucky, uh, whatever the freaking theater in, in Asbury Park, um, and. Uh, and, uh, and it was neat because I, I was on stage with Bruce, so it was pretty cool. That uh, is cool. Yeah, it was better than going to a coin concert. Yes. Uh, yeah. Number six. Uh, fucking Thunder Road with Bruce Springsteen. That oh, was cool. my God. Yeah. Did you get to go back to back? Because that's like my dream is like to go back to back and share the mic. Uh, no, I was like. <laughs> Six bodies away from Bruce. Okay. Not, still. Yeah. Still. Yeah, close enough. Look good in the photos. That's all um, that matters. You know, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, But I did play right before he went on stage. Like, I did my set, and he said I played My America that night, too. Oh, and, sweet. And later that night, because later that night, we went to this tiny little bar, uh, probably 80 of us in this small bar, like uh, like the Dawson. There was probably like 80 people in there. Um and but Bruce was there, and we all, you know, we got to talk and hang. And he's like, I like that America song, you know. And oh, but I didn't even know he, he kind of knew who I was. He's like, Ben Arnold, Philly, Philly, Ben Arnold. Yeah, I, I know you are. Yeah, 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 you know, because my name has been around him for many years. Sure. He's not inviting me to his house for dinner. Uh, but you know, because I was so nervous about like going up and talking to him. And uh, but I had a friend, Willie Nile. I have a friend. I got a friend. This guy, Willie Nile. Do you know Willie Nile at all? He's like a I don't. Uh, kind of a uh, uh, iconic Jersey, New York. You know, years ago, he, he was like the next Dylan, the next Springsteen, whatever. But he's still working to this day, and he sounds great. Uh, but uh, I was like, no, Willie, come on. He, and he's friends. He, well, like, like when Bruce plays it. Madison Square Garden or, you know, or the stadium, Meadowlands, whatever. He gets Willie to come up on stage with him and stuff. So it's like, Willie, come on, introduce me to Bruce. He knows who you are. He knows who you are. <laughs> well, he doesn't fucking know who I am. He's like, yeah, Bruce, Bruce, Ben Arnold. Yeah, Ben Arnold, Ben Arnold. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we ended up sitting, standing there talking for like 15 minutes. It was fucking amazing. That's awesome. Nice guy. It sucks to meet your heroes and have them be assholes. He was definitely not an asshole. He was like... uh 
could not have been kinder. That's so I'm sorry. Cool. I'm, I'm sorry. I, I just like started going off on tangents. Dude, I told you there's no format <laughs> here. I love it. I'm all for it. Um, number six, who have you, who did you never see live uh, that you always wish you had living or dead? Uh, like short of like uh, Louis Armstrong. That counts. Okay. I would, would have, I, I, I would die tomorrow if I got to see Louis Armstrong today. I don't know. You know? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I mean, you know, there's a lot of those cats from that era that are just like mind-blowing talents that the the you know as time goes on they're just names you know and mm-hmm. I mean unless you're a muso to some degree you know or whatever um, you know but they're the the you know the chance to see fucking Billy Holiday live or oh, or God, uh, yeah. you know or um, uh, uh, I mean just any number of people I and mean, there's just some you know. Shit! Well, well, let's go see Mozart. I heard he's gigging down the Dawson. He's bringing his little pianet, you know, <laughs> uh-huh. with a tip jar. Because that's you know, I mean, that's how these guys kind of started out, really. You know, they were essentially slaves, you know, servants working for you know, and then eventually, you write enough good stuff, you get a better house. That's right. It's the dream. And then you die. And then yeah. you die. <laughs> Uh, number seven, uh, name an unappreciated John. Something, something you love that wish had more so- more shine to it. Uh, like um, okay, um, how about this? Well, it's their fault because they broke up. But there was a band called Convoy back in the uh, very early two thousands that I just thought made the most amazing record, and it just was like it was gone, disappeared. Convoy, look them up. I will. I'll definitely have to check that yeah. out. Weekends, gotta work it out. They were like, I mean, they're <clears throat> so good. And if you can find the demo of their record, is better than the record itself. Okay. Um, yeah. And I always, I always find that to be true. Over like, what's that? I said I always find that to be true. Like those early yeah. demos of stuff, and you get to hear yeah, it raw. It and yeah, it's a, it's pretty much exactly like it, but just to me, it just sounds better, and you know, just a little looser, and you know. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, they're 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 pretty amazing. So that's what I'll go with for right now. Perfect. Number eight favorite album. That's too hard. Um, I mean, there's like, what's yours? Uh, my favorite album, oddly, and it's less to do with the album itself and more about where it puts me. The second it comes on, and I have to listen to it straight through, is uh, Pink, the album Pinkerton by Weezer. Yeah, there you go. Uh, like it's a it's a it's it's like a time machine like the second it starts i'm like oh i'm in my college dorm and here's that heartbreak i went yeah, through what is it, 1998 or something uh it was yeah. like uh 96 i think yeah right around like, there yeah. yeah yeah well they were pretty yeah they were pretty good i saw them i saw them back then with uh with uh tenacious d opening up uh so good it was such a great show it was so much it was just so silly I mean, yeah you know, yeah. Really, I didn't even really know what I was going to see. I, I kind of knew Weezer, but I didn't really. I went with some friends, whatever, that kind of thing. And I was yeah. Like, that was fun. Um, uh, okay. What was the question? Oh, favorite, oh, favorite album. album. Yeah. I mean, it's so hard. So, I'm, you know, I'm just going to, you know, I could say that. I could do that. I could say Jeff Buckley's Grace and say. Oh, uh, God damn. Yeah. You know, yeah. and say, uh, you know, I just, it takes me immediately to 1994 driving around and up and down the East coast playing gigs. And, um, uh, I, end, I ended up, um, well, uh, you know, just driving around playing gigs and me and my 
buddy Chris Colucci, Christopher Colucci. It was it was me and a, me and a guitar player, me and this guy Christopher Colucci. That's how I got my first record deal. We were just going up and down the East Coast playing like a. We were playing my music, which was kind of like, sort of you know, collegey alternative-y kind of sensitive songwriter but with an edge kind of thing mm-hmm. um i don't know what the fuck it was it got me a deal um and uh but uh you know we we, we would play jeff buckley's grace uh and uh uh nevermind and the counting crows august and everything after we were, we would play them incessantly on rotation uh occasionally being interrupted by like joni mitchell blue or something you know something you know uh, to break up the monotony but uh yeah Man, I mean, so I'm going to go with that. You know, it's tough because I like so many. I mean, you know, is it Steely Dan? You know, is it, oh, wait, is it Asia? Uh, is it, I, I don't know. There's, is it, is it uh, the White Album? I don't know. You know, yeah, yeah. that's a tough one. I, 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 I refuse to be narrowed down to one record. Okay. All right. That's cool. I'll take it. Uh, number nine, name an artist whose output you'll consume anything they release, even if you have to be an apologist for it. Uh, living or dead? Yeah, either way. Is it the idea that it's somebody that's still putting out stuff? Or no, it's just like anything you you know anything they release, you'll eat it up, or or uh, they have released. And I have to pick one, huh? Because there's a few, but uh, you know, I mean, I'm going to say Bruce. I I, I I I will give everything that he puts out a shot. Yeah, to this day, I don't love it all. I really don't. Sometimes, and sometimes I'm just like, uh, there, there have been records in the last 15 years where I'm going like, yeah, you can do it. Why, do, why don't you just wait a couple of years and then do something <laughs> a little better? You know, but, uh, so I'm going to, you know, yeah, because it's Bruce, it's, you know, it's uh, Neil Young, even, you know, Neil, I, I'll listen to anything, uh, uh, you know, newer stuff, Elvis Costello, I mean, I'll, I'll pretty much listen to anything he puts out. It's always quality, you know? Yeah. Uh, um, so yeah, I'm gonna, so if we got to go with one right now, we're going with uh, uh, what did I just say? I'm going with Bruce. You were going with Bruce. Bruce. Yeah, we're going with Bruce. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the the ten- church thing. Oh, it's the um, Run DMC. it's a it's a Run DMC uh, oh. logo for uh, uh, Fort Washington disc golf. Uh, yeah, I'm, a dis- I'm a disc okay. golf player. So uh, do you know what? Uh, do you know uh, Andy King? I do know Andy King. Yeah. <laughs> As a matter of fact, I sent him a message to try to get him on the podcast, and he ignored it. So. <laughs> He ignores everything. <laughs> he, he lives on his own little island. Yeah, he's Four awesome. Five. He's a good guy. Yeah. Good guy. Yeah. I've been obsessed with disc golf as long as I can remember. Like, really? I, I was like, "What is that?" I, I had no idea even what it was. You know? Yeah. They, I mean, I might have known him for thirty-five years or something. You know? And yeah, I've been friends with uh, all those Hooters guys for uh, since eighty-six or something. You know? I've because they rehearsed near me and I kind of knew them all and I've become, you know, and I also, you know, I also work with they like Eric Brazilian play guitar and all yeah. one of my the whole thing. And we still, we're, we're buddies every time, you know, when I'm in Sweden, I go to visit him when he's here, we go hang out, that kind of thing. So, and Dave was sick and I'm in, I'm in, uh, in the pocket with Dave and that whole little crew. I don't know if you ever seen that show. It's not my, I haven't, yeah, I haven't seen that. Uh, don't blink her. You won't see me. Go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's all right. What was the uh, question? Uh, well, no, I was just getting to it. The 10th and final of the top 10 countdown. What is your favorite John of all time? Could be anything. Oh, uh, uh, pan fried dumplings at uh, Sankey. 
Oh my God, that's perfect. I love it. <laughs> that's like, that's, that's probably one of my favorite Johns of all time. I love it. Yeah. I love it. So if, uh, if the people listening want to check you out, where, uh, where, where's the best place to find you on the internets? Um, well, I'm going to say that, uh, over the course of the pandemic, I have, uh, I've, I've been by comparison to other people, probably a little lackluster in the area of social media, but, uh, uh, but you know, I'm on, I got a website, benarl.com. And from there you can find any of my Instagram, Facebook, uh, go to the Facebook band page. Don't go to the Facebook friend page. Cause it's all fold up and, uh, I, I, I post things occasionally and, you know, so I'm, I'm everywhere. I mean, you know, you Google me, I'm the first Ben and all that pops up. It's I'm pretty, I can't hide. Awesome. I've realized though, you ever done, um, it's such a vain thing to do, but I only do it because I'm curious, like things get announced or whatever, but I do the, uh, Google, uh, what's it called? Google, uh, the alerts. All right. Yeah. 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 With I got, name, yeah. Ben yep. And, uh, Damn, there's so many more Ben Arnold's in the world than I had any idea. They just, <laughs> I mean, I get them every day from somebody somewhere that's named Ben Arnold. And often they're, they're involved in the music business or some offshoot of music business or music, music education or something, you know, it's kind of interesting to me because yeah. I hated my name growing up. My name was Bennett Arnold. I have, actually I have three, three first and middle names, Bennett Lee Arnold. They can, they're all interchangeable. And, uh, but uh, I, I went with Ben from a long time ago. Uh, most are Benjamins. But, uh, but yeah, man, there's a whole lot of Ben Arnolds out there. A lot <laughs> in England. I didn't realize it's a very English name. I don't know why I never put Benedict Arnold in there. I, I don't yeah. know why I never put it all together. But, you know, <laughs> sure enough, that's what it is. What about yourself? What, what, uh, what, are you, are you going to be playing at all? Or? Uh, I got some shows uh, lined up. I don't know if you've ever been to Tex-Mex Connection uh, in the suburbs, but uh, the uh, no. it's in the Philly burbs. Um, but I'm, I'm playing, playing some, uh, summer, some summer outdoor gigs there. And then uh, once all this clears up, I hope to... Uh, I hope to get back out and try to do some more original shows. Like that's mostly covers and stuff. Um, but hoping I'm hoping to get back out there. I miss right it. On. I miss it. Yeah. Cool. So can I plug a show? Yeah, absolutely. Plug away. I'm doing a uh, live stream, which I don't, I've kind of, I've done a bunch of them. I got a little burn on it, but I'm doing one from, uh, the Kenneth Flash not, doesn't matter where you're doing it from anymore, but uh, but they do a great job with production. Uh, but I'm I am just doing it solo. I'm doing a show up from Kenneth Flash on. Uh, uh, do you know Cliff Phyllis? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Me and Cliff are we're just teaming up and doing a, like a, not in the round because we'll be next to each other. But uh, uh, the two of us are doing a co bill uh, Saturday, April seventeenth. Yeah. Okay. All right. I'll, yeah. I'll put I'll put some links up to that and stuff like that uh, awesome. on this and all that. And, uh, you know, but other than that, not, not doing a whole lot of, uh, not doing a whole lot of, uh, I got a few shows over the summer, just kind of warming into it a little bit, but, uh, who knows, man, you know, what, were you able to work throughout the year or? or? Yeah. Yeah. Nonstop. As a matter of fact, um, my, my day job, um, kind of tripled, uh, in the volume that we do. So, um, I've been hustling hard since day one and then, uh, doing this on the side, doing live streams on the side and just trying to stay busy. But it's definitely, uh, when I got back, I've for 21 years I have taught part time, very part time at a small school uh, in Philly, uh, where I, you know, it's like it had been like two periods a day for two days a week kind of thing, teaching Mm -hmm. music to you know like high high school kids, and uh, 
but uh, you know, like kind of like high school rock band. And uh, and uh, when I got back, we kind of meandered our way through, got our way through to June. But then the head of the school, who's a good good buddy of mine, um, um, uh, said, uh, "I'm sorry, my phone's going." But it said. Uh, Said, look, you're not gonna, you know, you're not gonna be playing much. How about I offer you a better job? And and so he got, gave me a job that kept me afloat for you know for a while. Um, let me just do this, okay? But um, uh, you know, staying afloat. So I don't know. Uh, uh, what do you, what do you say? All right, man. I say I say thank you very much for doing this. Um, Nate, I, I appreciate it. We lo- you'll uh, send me a link or let I me will. know or whatever. I will. I'm going to start editing this down and then. Uh, All right, make yeah, me not sound stupid. Okay. Uh, <laughs> All right, man. Thanks again. Thanks for everything. Thank you, Nate. My thanks again to Ben Arnold for joining me today. Ben will be performing a live stream event for the Kennet Flash alongside Cliff Hillis on Saturday, April 17th at 8 p.m. The stream is free but has a suggested donation of $15. Visit kennetflash.org slash events for more details. That's K-E-N-N-E-T-T flash.org slash events. You can find Ben on Facebook at facebook.com slash Ben Arnold Band, on Instagram at Ben Arnold Music, on Twitter at Ben Arnold Band, and on his website www.benarnold.com. If you have not already, please be sure to subscribe to the podcast on all of your favorite podcast providers and share it across the social medias. All the cool kids are doing it. You want to be cool, don't you, nerd? Don't you? Peer pressure, peer pressure, we won't like you. Tell all your friends about it. And don't forget, you can earn yourself that truly super awesome John Scout Merit Badge for Citizenship of the World by rating and reviewing us. Don't believe me? Ask Tim Conley, our first recipient of the John Scout Merit Badge. It actually exists, folks. Don't forget to visit www.yothatsmyjohn.com and like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash yothatsmyjohn for updates and live streams. Follow us across the socials at Yo That's My John and find Yo That's My John on YouTube for all kinds of video treats. Like and subscribe the heck out of that ish. We want to hear from you. Reach out, reach out, and touch some John. Season 2 has officially begun and Episode 1 is in the books. I hope you enjoyed the show, and I hope you join us next week for our first mini-sode of the podcast. Thanks for allowing me to stimulate the three small bones located in your tympanic cavity. Until next time, everybody! Displace the guilt and embrace the pleasure. Your taste in music doesn't have to be measured. You ain't being judged. Yo, That's My John is a Lonely Monk production written and produced by yours truly, Nate Runkle. Theme song by Phil Tyler Music featuring Nate 3.0. Special thanks to Fox Run Brands, DX Ferris, Andrew Scott, Natalie Runkle, and the incredibly brilliant and wickedly stunning Katie Daubney. If you or anyone you know has any ideas they would like to share or any guests they would like to hear on the podcast, please feel free to reach out to us at yo that's my john at gmail.com. Or you can leave an audio message for us and possibly hear yourself on a future episode by visiting anchor.fm slash ytmj slash message. Until next time, be sure to displace the guilt and embrace the pleasure and shout to the world, yo, that's my John. John.